I live in the Tenderloin in San Francisco, in a shitty studio apartment. My name is Dee Simon. I am 35 years old. I believe in not taking care of myself, a balanced diet of MGD and cigarettes with no regular exercise routine. In the morning, if my face is a little puffy, I jack off to red tube while I contemplate my meager existence. After jacking off, I use my sick and wrong t-shirt to wipe off. In the shower, I use a water-activated foreskin gel, then a matzo ball body scrub, and on the face, whack-release semen. Then I stick a dreidel up my ass, which I leave in for 10 minutes while I prepare the rest of my routine. I always use an aftershave lotion with little or no pork, since pork is unclean and I am a dirty Jew. Then a moisturizer, then an anti-aging balm, followed by a final semen protective layer. There's an idea of a D-Simon, but there is no real me, only an entity, something of a mystery. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and you might sense that our lifestyles are comparable, I am simply not there. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, D. Simon. I'm Lawrence Wackery. I'm calling in from the base camp at Mount Everest. And uh, All right, that was clever. <laughs> don't, get, don't make that face. It, you totally stole my thunder. That was like the you best ate... sound effect I think I've ever heard. <laughs> it was like you ate the sourest craisin ever. <laughs> Do I have to run all my like surprise bits by you? No, I just thought it was funny. That wasn't a this is funny face. No, I was just wondering, where are you going with this? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what is it? What, what are you supposed to like? Some kind of muffled, like, oh, I mean, was... this is my rapist voice or something? I, I was... was... Skyping in from the base camp at Mount Everest <laughs> to the show because I couldn't be bothered to come here because I was gonna about to climb Mount Everest with the Sherpas. Oh, okay, by meaning meaning that now that we can Skype, we could do the show from anywhere. Well, I just thought it would piss the listeners off <laughs> if I had a really crappy connection from a remote location. Well, That's I'm sure all. the listeners are gonna be going to be overjoyed for. that. Lance Wackley's in the house. Don't be, don't get all black on Wackley me. <laughs> in the hise, like Georgie and Louise. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just here to prove that I'm not scared of the tenderloin. <laughs> as you, I mean, that was a funny bit, but now you're like spreading around Facebook and stuff. No, you know, but, you gonna tell people really why we're trying to figure out uh, how to record the show remotely? You gonna do that? You gonna own up to that? Yeah, because uh, you're too scared to come in <laughs> right. in your own time. No, you know the real <laughs> the real reason is that we need to have versatility here on the show. If we want to, if you don't feel like coming in, if uh, or if uh, one of us moves to like New York or Los Angeles for that matter, yeah, are we just gonna stop the show? New York would be hard. It's too many time zones. Maybe, but I think you know a, a, a punk, a successful radio program needs to stay current. It needs to have versatility. So really, we're doing Topically it. and technologically yeah. current. We're doing and it versatile. for you people. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing it for you. There you go. 
Not but scared is, of the it, tenderloin. It is good to have you uh, in the house. I know a lot of people were like, the Skype sounded pretty good, but we're worried that um, you might lose your juju, which I think was a, a, a thinly veiled comment, an uh, anti-Semitic comment. Uh-huh. But um, what are they saying? <laughs> Lose the juju. <laughs> you should lose the juju. I think they're you should lose the juju and just have a Lance Wackerly solo show. No, I, I, could, get a, I, could, get a, I could get a, uh, a non-circumcised co-host. Like Sleazy could just come in. We could be the new show. Yeah, no, you could that easily be yeah, That would be a train ju- wreck. Jew. <laughs> just me and Sleazy. But it, it's good to have you back, Wackerly. And yeah, you know, we have that dynamic when you're in the studio, which I actually felt was present when we were doing it via Skype as yeah. well. We had the webcams. Yeah, you know, and, that, and I think that's what people thought, that we were just doing this, like, uh, as if we're on the telephone or something. We just shouldn't tell people. And if I they, can fi- and if they can't figure it out, it's their known. own problem, yeah. Anyway, Wackerly, it's good to have you back in the studio. And, um, yeah, we have a lot to cover here for episode 248 of Sick and Wrong. It's going to be a crazy, wild show. With uh, People are going to expand their minds with all the knowledge they're going to gain from this radio program. Really? Because I thought we were sort of laying low until 250. <laughs> I-, I was going to relax through this one. Oh, yeah. We are just <laughs> trying just to kind of just roll the waves here. Well, anyway, uh, Wankily, as, as we typically do here on Sick and Wrong, we like to um, relate this program and relate stories our, from our everyday life here on the show and uh, somehow pretend that they're newsworthy. Uh-huh. So I'm going to relate a story that happened to me today. And uh, segue that into something newsworthy. That's the formula. That's the formula. You just give that out for free, right? You know what? I, I, I give it out the free, but <clears throat> give it out for free. But it's almost like throwing the gauntlet down. Try to emulate that there. You lesser can write, podcasters. <laughs> you can try write to a, emulate that formula. You could write a a four dummies book. Podcasting for dummies. Comedy podcasting for dummies. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to my point on hand here. Today I was really affected by something I saw at work, and. Uh, I might as well talk about it here on the show. Maybe I can get your input. Your now, you saw this at work, or you saw this on the internet while you were at work? Because no, I feel like you're probably desensitized to the internet. I witnessed this firsthand while I was at work. IRL. Yeah. In real life. You it's a story from the bathroom, from the corporate restroom. Which, uh, there are a There's lot a of book it. right there. There are a lot of stories right there. You could have an entire book of just stories from the corporate bathroom. Yeah. So today in the corporate bathroom, I went to go uh, take a piss. And now, that... can I can I clarify something? When you say corporate bathroom, you're not saying executive washroom. You're talking about the corporate drone bathroom. It's you know what though we don't even we have executives there, but every but there's equanimity oh, amongst right. the uh, the employees of my company. Everybody uses the same. It's a commodity. flat organization. Yeah. Yeah, um, not a I, lot of hierarchy. They don't even have yeah. They don't even have separate offices like corner offices. Uh-huh. And you, even the CEO just sits in a cubicle, just like the common man. So Don Draper is not like fucking chicks in his cubicle for everybody to see because he doesn't have a door. You should see the women that work in my company. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm in the bathroom. I'm taking a piss, and we've had recently. Um, they've hired they've hired so many people like I only know about I've been in that company like four and a half years and I only know maybe I don't know an eighth of the employees like they so many people have come and went and uh, they've hired just like a slew of new employees and they've all been foreign so we have a lot of new Asian people and a lot of new Indian people that work there so I'm now, wondering now like like expatriates from their country foreign or like ethnically diverse Americans no, these are like fresh off the boat. Okay. 
ESL. Like just, yeah. English is their second language. English or is third or I would say English is probably the third language here. <laughs> so this guy walks in, and uh, he goes over to the urinal next to me. He starts taking a piss. I don't know, middle-aged Asian guy. I'm not sure if he's Asian or if he's uh, Japanese or Chinese. Looked a little Japanese to me. Uh-huh. Pulls his pants down. I didn't look that closely. <laughs> pulls his pants down to his knees. So basically, he just pulled his pants down, hiked his pants down past his knees, so his whole ass was exposed, and he's just pissing in the urinal. Like you do when pants you're and four years old. And underwear. Pulled down to his knees. Wow. He didn't just whip his schlong out and pee like a normal person. He pulled it. He de-pantsed himself. He pulled it down All to his the knees. All the way to the knees. Now, does he, knees. does he go chicken leg so the pants don't fall down further? Or maybe, I guess, if you just press your knees out, you can hold them there. Well, wait, what, what was the, what's the point? Is he trying not to urinate on himself? What, why did we do that when we were five? Uh, yeah, I think it's because you don't have pop proper, you know, spray control and, and you, you know, if, if your pants aren't all, I don't know. Why do you do that when you're I little? just did it because Father I Joseph think, told me to. Yeah, I think it's easier to explain <laughs> to kids how to do that than explain to them. The, it takes a little bit of manual dexterity to just undo, like, the zipper and just poke your penis out. I think what it was is that... So when you're explaining how to take a piss to a kid, you just say, like, look, just pull your pants down as far as they'll go. Not that my dick is growing that much over the years, but I think maybe that's part of the reason too, because it's a, you know, oh, you, right. it, you're going to piss Where, all over okay, your clothes. Why are you going in this direction with this? <laughs> oh, okay. What I'm saying, <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's just because he's Asian. What I'm saying is, uh, is this a cultural thing? Is, is he worried he's going to piss on his pants? You know, are are Asian men more comfortable being naked among, around other men? That could be, but I'm assuming because this guy, this guy is some sort of a computer. Employee, yeah, programmer, or something like that. You know, maybe you're focusing too much on his ethnicity and place of origin, and not enough on just the fact that he's a a nerd. Is this a nerd? Type I think of it activity? might just be a ner- like a socially dysfunctional we, nerd thing to no, do. We we work with, I'd say, majority of the company is nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm not I'd saying, saying I'm not saying, nerds I'm not and, saying every nerd does this, but it might just be sort of like an Asperger's type of thing to do. That you know, one in twenty nerds. Piss all right, like well, this. answer me this: another Asian guy came in a little later in the afternoon, did the same thing. Well, monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, I'm not sure if it's a cultural thing or if this if it's an Asperger's thing. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but I was thinking it led me to think that. You work in such close proximity to all these people, strangers, more or less, but I mean people you see every day. They're worse than strangers. They're people that you know and you are annoyed with. Acqu- but they're on an acquaintance level, most of right. them. I mean, you probably don't even worse know their strangers, last names. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So could you imagine if you were one of the Chilean miners and um, you were trapped in a room with I? 33 yeah. coworkers, right. all male, mm-hmm. and one of them put... I mean, it's not even that he's pissing with his pants down. It's just, if I had to see that on a daily basis in the same room. Like if there was an earthquake and you actually got trapped in the bathroom with Asian pants around his, they're not around his ankles, they're around his knees, knees. right? Yeah. Kind of like how they dress in East Oakland on a, just outside, not even peeing. Yeah. But I don't get that either, but that's a, that's a tr- uh, digression. Uh, but yeah, so the, there's an earthquake and the ceiling and the walls come down, but like you're still in there with like the two urinals and maybe one stall and the soap machine and one sink is still functional, but you're trapped in there for 69 with the days two, with the two Asian guys who 
pee when they pee they pull their pants down around their knees. And not only not only those two guys. I'm trapped with a guy that brushes his teeth three times a day in the bathroom. I'm trapped with a oh, guy. Oh, I hate that guy. <laughs> I'm trapped with a guy with constant diarrhea, like irritable bowel syndrome. Guy. It's like you're trapped with all these people from your work that you don't even like that much. And they're all men. And they're all men. Or and then there's the chatty the chatty urinal guy. To like, me, hey, the, how's it going? So, did you those, see that Giants game? Fuck you! I'm taking a leak. What those Chilean miners faced to me was a fate worse than death. I don't know if I could deal with it. I think I would have gone fucking crazy. I think I would have gone psycho. I think it would have been The Shining. Just to play devil's advocate, though, I agree it's probably horrible, but I think the Chilean mining crew is probably a little more homogenous, <laughs> don't you think? I mean, they're probably all like cousins or brothers. Yeah, they're probably sort at the of same inbred. intellectual level. Yeah. Well, they're the same cultural background. They probably all have the exact same bathroom habits. Um, there's probably a bully or two, but it's kind of like, you know, yeah. Okay. But think about it. What if it, you work at a law firm and it's like, you know, you're working with a bunch of yuppies. Everyone's a graduate of like some Ivy league school. I still think it's more diverse than a Chilean mining crew. Perhaps, but you're still, <laughs> but never, nevertheless, you're still trapped with 33 <laughs> men in a room for 69 days. That's true. Same, 33 men that you work with, not like your friends. Yeah. You're always in a deep, dark hole with them. I mean, every day though. I, I guess every day, but I mean, look, look, look at the cubicle that I'm in, an office filled with cubicles, same thing. Maybe you have your, you have your window on the world, though, which is the intertube. Yeah, I guess the these umbilical, guys are stuck the in umbilicus. <laughs> so the last of the Chilean miners, uh, the foreman who held them together when their feared loss was raised from the depths of the earth tonight, actually. A joyous ending to the 69-day ordeal that riveted the world. No one has ever been trapped so long and survived. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I was just playing devil's advocate. It sounds completely and utterly awful. I couldn't, I, I just couldn't imagine. And it. they thought they weren't going to be able to get them out till like Christmas or maybe even like next year, right? That was the orish, uh, initial reports. You know, I've seen the movie Alive. I couldn't imagine being trapped in a room with a bunch of South Americans like that. <laughs> You, in Alive, at least they were outside, right? And they saw the sun. Yeah, these Although guys it was freezing some, cold. Yeah, these guys are somewhat uh, civilized. But, you know, were, were you were you watching the uh, rescue here? No. I was at work. <laughs> yeah, I, I had it on BBC. They were showing it live. They had a camera shoved in the face of all those miners. I mean, no one, the world has never seen um, you know, an event such as this. A Did they look like Gollum when they came out? Or a Sleestack? No, well, they had a, uh, they had like oxygen masks. They had like dark sunglasses on to protect right. their eyes, and uh-huh. uh, I think uh, some of them had like uh, hoods on to protect them from sunburn. But no, they <laughs> they didn't. They didn't come out looking. They're like, Chilean. Uh, wait, wait, what were those things? <laughs> they're Chilean, right? They have melanin. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're they're also pale. I mean, think about that. Seventy days underground. Don't, don't your eyes turn inside out? And I your think skin so. Like a Harlequin baby. Yeah, that's where Harlequin babies come from. <laughs> But uh, the rescue was planned with extreme care. Miners were monitored by video on the way up for any signs of panic. Uh, They had dark glasses and they had sweaters for the transition from subterranean swelter to chilly desert air. Hmm. I would have thought it been. I would have thought it been cold down there. I thought so too. In a dank cave. In a but no. Apparently it was. It's um, dank. It's dank. That's the word. It's not just damp. It's it's worse than damp. It's dank. It is dank. (laughs) It, that that would be dankness, dank. But you know, I I was wondering like what they were trying. Like the thing that was crossed that crossed my mind is uh, where did they go to the bathroom? Like where did these Chilean miners defecate? Yeah, you seem to be very concerned about it. 
I, I know. I've, I've been searching the intertubes, trying to find an article where someone corner. talked about his shelter. In a corner. Okay, where they masturbate. In a corner. When you're in a cave, <laughs> trapped, everything happens in the Do corner. Do you think they had, okay, that's the shit corner, that's the beat-off corner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you got to have designations. But How many here's people the thing, were so allowed you... in the beat-off corner at one time? <laughs> well, <laughs> you gotta have you got to have a, you know... You have to have some sort of go- governance. You have to have some sort of community governance, you know, a council. Do you think they gave them porno mags? Well, could they see him? Isn't it pitch black at the bottom of the cave? Uh, well, the I'm shaft? sure they had lights. And they had lights. They I don't had, know. Uh, Did they? No, they gave him like lights and matches and stuff like that. Okay. But you know what they didn't give them is they wouldn't give them cigarettes. They gave them nicotine patches. Oh, they did get they, nicotine patches. They wouldn't give them bottles of wine like they, were, like they requested. Yeah. Wackily, I, I couldn't imagine being trapped in a room with you underground, which you you were what? denied alcohol for sixty nine days. Well, you got I got to look at this from two perspectives. I got to look at it as me being one of the guys down there, and then me being one of the guys on the surface. Like, if I'm on the surface, like we're not giving them alcohol. They're in a hole. It's a lot of testosterone down there. It's going to be a bloodbath. Dude, I would want to be drunk every day and just pass out until they rescue me. Yeah. Well, how about I'm just gonna come out a big, fat, bloated, cursing drunk? <laughs> well, you're not going to fit through the hole. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's one of the things they said. One of their concerns is they, they went to wanna... grease you up. But they, I mean, they were given like tuna and milk. I think that's what they tuna subsisted and milk. on. Yeah, wow, that's a disgusting tuna guy. and milk. But um, I forgot what I was going to say. What do they do for entertainment? Well, that's oh, that... but, this, but this is the thing I was going to say. So as you were looking, you were ran, frantically searching around the internet for a story about that told how they shit or where they shit. Yeah, you where, found where something. They, they were in like one and a half square miles. It was like a giant ca- cavernous cave. It wasn't like some. I thought they were like at the bottom, stuck in the bottom of a well, like all wedged together in a little like thirty square foot area, like in a submarine or something. But this is they're in like a a giant cavernous. Wonderland full of I don't like you know yeah dinosaurs and uh, (laughs) And, little furry creatures and stuff and no land of the lost yeah no I don't know if it was exactly like that but no it was was a spacious area it wasn't just a tiny room so it's not even corner you can just be like well that's the shit zone over there about fifty yards and then. In the you know the other direction, but the seventy-five shit's not yards going is a, anywhere. Is the the beat off. Could wing. you imagine how bad they must have reeked? Although a, I guess it's, it's just tuna cave. and milk. Yeah, it's a dank cave. A tuna and milk can make some bad shits. Don't get me wrong there. Yeah, I imagine that whole area. So I mean, you, you try and because there's like a breeze, there's air coming down there because it didn't suffocate. So you just find well, you know the downwind zone and just be like, well, shit over there. But I think there were different areas because I know they moved to a drier spot, so they would set camp. <laughs> And they would move. And, Didn't uh, they send them down for breeze? Because you can for breeze like your pile of shit for a little while. That'll what if take they care sent of the them stench. toilet paper? Yeah. I well, one of the things I remember they were trying to do is not tell them that they're trapped till Christmas. They're just gonna be like, "Yeah, oh, you're yeah. just gonna be down there for another week." Oh, okay, we one more day. One, one more day. That one dude oh, who operates the sorry, crane dude. is sick, so uh, we'll see if he calls Looks in tomorrow. Looks like it's gonna be uh, two more weeks, you know. But for the first 17 days, no one even knew whether these uh, people were alive. And then uh, in the week that followed, the world was captivated uh, by their eventual rescue. And so, yeah, they said that um, Chile said they're going to continue and extend the care of the miners for the next six months and help them readjust into normal society. Yeah. And I think that's what's interesting. I think the most interesting uh, part of this whole ordeal here is... um, 
Psychiatrists and other experts are saying that surviving extreme situations, um, you, your life is anything but normal once you survive. And so these people uh, have had, um, you know, such a uh, physical and mental anguish. And in some cases, you know, some of them, some of the people come out with uh, fungal infections and skin infections and, uh, you know, visual impairment. VD. <laughs> VD hey. from, from each other. What is the statistic? One in ten? People are gay and there's 30 guys down there. No, so there's at least three of them. I was <laughs> just saying. Oh, well, even one guy. So their, their families, four. their families were up there to greet them. Even one guy uh, ended up coming up, and his wife and his mistress was there. Really? Well, actually, his wife found out about his mistress. <laughs> there's a big problem. While waiting. There's a them. big problem that all these sort of like long lost relatives are coming out of the woodwork because there's all this media attention. And um, what did I write here? Uh, re- read here rather. Uh, I read an article that says there quote there are, there are those who despite only distant blood ties to the miners lined up for donated gifts including listen to this sexy is it lingerie lingerie lingerie, lingerie. bottles of wine and electronic toys so wait and they're, Halloween they're, costumes for children there are gifts just like waiting for them as soon as they emerge yeah, I don't, from the who, hole who is donating uh, lingerie, lingerie for the this cause, and then it just sits by the top of the hole, I guess, and then the the long last relatives come by and grab it. I mean, wh- who thought that would help? Well, I read that they were invited to uh, presidential palaces, um, all expense paid vacations for them and their families. Uh, they've been asked to appear on countless TV shows around the world. Well, that's obvious. Uh, books and movie deals are pending, so I'm sure. Think about it. If you're a distant relative of one of these Chilean miners, it's just like, well, finally, my simpleton cousin's going to uh, my relationship with my simpleton cousin's finally going to pay off. Yeah, you know, here I am. I can go and uh, track him down, pretend I'm his long lost uncle who's loved him his whole life, right? And uh, usher him through these uh, through these interviews, get him a book deal, and cash in. <laughs> I've been a Chilean ex- cash cow. I've been exploited as a poor person in Chile all my life, and now it's my turn to turn the tables. It's like when Pac-Man eats the big dot. Exactly. <laughs> so they say, but here, you know, not all thirty-three of these guys are going to become famous, right? There's going to be like one. There's going to be a couple. There's going to be one or two that look like Antonio Banderas and Lorenzo Lamas, and they're going to steal all the the spotlight. I don't know. You know, I, well, you, I, you I think doubt Katie... there are many of these miners look like Lorenzo Lamas. Oh, yeah, you get a ma- give them a, a makeover. You really think Katie Kirk is going to have thirty three Chilean miners all interview them all at the same time? No, they're going to get the like best looking, most charismatic ones. I'm hoping that uh, one of them is going to write a tell all memoir that's going to reveal the true horror of what went down there. I don't know. I think it might have been really boring. I mean, what what did they give them besides the milk and tuna? No, they, I think they gave them magazines, gave them nicotine magazines. patches. Uh, I heard they, they weren't going to give them video games or anything that would lead to uh, isolation because they wanted the group to be together. Well, I don't know about what it's so like. No in, books. I don't know what it's like in Ch- Chile, but you know, modern handheld video game systems have uh, you know, internet connectivity. You can play games with other people. You know, I don't know if the Connect Wi-Fi. Four? I don't know if the Wi-Fi signal is too strong down in that well, mine. Well, you, you just lower them down a router. 
So Wireless they say router. here then. What about I, connect, connect Four board games, <laughs> cards? Hungry Hippos, maybe. I, I think that'd be a yeah, great way to yeah. pass the but time. But the marbles fall out of the little thing and they roll down the like crack. Right into the, the center of the, of the cave. Well, or the shit part. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God, dude, marbles are in the shit part of the cave again. <laughs> Whose turn is it to get them? Dios mio. <laughs> So uh, psychiatrists are saying that they could find that most of the minors reintegrating into their lives and relationships can be very stressful, as loved ones may have ju- adjusted to a life without them. Um, others recovering from, uh, from uh, similar experiences have reported feeling a new sense of intoxication with life. So, Wackley, could you imagine 69 days denied alcohol? No sex. No sex. No heterosexual sex. Right when you come out of that hole, what's the first thing that you're going to do? Oh, booze it up. Well, I'm going to eat something besides tuna and milk. I want to get some food. Probably a couple tacos. I don't even know if they have tacos. I want to snort a kilo of cocaine. (laughs) I'm going to get at least, yeah, like, I don't know, three bottles of uh, Jaeger. Yeah, probably. You know, and uh, then be like, point me to the first Chilean whorehouse I can find. Right. And you can be as big of a belligerent asshole in the bar as you want, and nobody's going to do anything. Because you're just like, like, I was just in the shaft, man. I just got out. They probably have deals for minors. You know? It's like, okay, yeah. all right. I don't normally do rusty trombones, but you're one of those Chilean miners. Oh, the whores. I think you're talking here. about the bartenders. <laughs> <laughs> Both. One peso for Corona or whatever the Chilean equivalent of a Corona is. But could you imagine, though, this? So you've been trapped 69 days. You finally come back to your wife. Your first night in bed with your wife. Yeah. And she denies you sex. I was going to say, the first nagging comment, I would just go down, back down the hole. I, <laughs> that's <laughs> it. If I was the guy that had to choose between my wife and my mistress, if I found out that they knew about each other, I think I would stay in the hole. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, don't, I think I'm cool down here. Uh, you guys fight it out. I don't want to be down here, man. So they say here, studies of families of men on Navy submarines found that their wives and families adjusted to their absence. But when the men came home and wanted to reassert their roles, uh, some families experienced discord, depression, and other difficulties. Can you imagine your <laughs> wife's just like, no, no anal sex for you. I know you've been on a naval submarine, but no, I'm not down. Seaman. I would I be like, know. foreplay? I don't think so, baby. Yeah, I think, you know, it's only... It's not even three months, right? So I think Dude, some of the seventy stuff, days is a long time. Some of this stuff's going a little bit overboard, though. Maybe I don't know. We're acting like it's been like three years or something. Rollo, did you ever go down a hole? No. Really? That's it. <laughs> Thanks a lot for being on. Yeah, the show. Yeah, just wait till after the show and I flush him down the toilet. <laughs> we'll give you something it's been to talk about. Lately. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, last point here. I'm I, I'm not sure what the first thing you would do, but I, I could definitely relate to that whole intoxication of life. I think it's once you've been denied. So many things that we take for granted. I think, I, yeah, I think you really would be, like, completely out of control. Yeah. You, I think you, didn't, you, I think you don't you believe be, anything you just said, do you? No, <laughs> the I'm, beauty of life? Is no, no, your, no. Is I'm this your beauty of life theory? The beauty of life to me is once <laughs> I've been denied titties and beer for 70 days and no cigarettes for 70 days. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I the think, beauty of life are the things that kill you. Well, except for the titties. The things that I that I cherish the most: <laughs> titties, beer, cigarettes, and occasional uh, toke of some marijuana. There you go. Okay. And if I was, I thought that you were talking days, about like sunshine and butterflies and the I laughter of children. I couldn't give a fuck about that. I'm just saying, dude, whorehouse and some beer. 
And I think uh, that's what they say. Those who survive a traumatic event can have a similar feeling. You know, this in, in the life, life, life itself, when you come so close to death, can be a very intoxicating thing. Some dude needs to claim that he saw the chupacabra down there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and then he'll, because I'm saying, these dudes are in competition with each other right now to see who's going to get famous off of this. And it's not going to be all 33 of them. If I was one of those guys, though, I would write a tell-all memoir just, just uh, explaining the horror that he went through. Like, one guy was insane. They had to talk him down. He tried to murder them in his sleep. Or, right. Or that dude yeah, was Yeah, you got to like, make the shit up. Right. Yeah. Because you got to have the edge over the other dudes who just write all the same boring story. I'd be like, one dude used to walk around naked and try to put his balls. I mean, give me Arabian goggles every time mm. I sleep. I would, you know, I would, yeah, I would definitely make something yeah. up. Throw yeah. them all under the autobus. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> telling you, that's going to happen. Throw the chupacabra in there. That's my I would own, totally that's, be like, I'll yeah. give you that advice for free. No, I would say I would definitely say that uh, you know they didn't hallucinate the chupacabra. There really was one. Maybe two chupacabras. <laughs> I don't know, but just uh, I can't imagine the horror of being trapped with thirty-three people that I work with in a hole for sixty-nine days. No. So thank God they lived, and I'm happy for them. But at the same time, the horror. <laughs> I can't imagine. So uh, this is episode two forty-eight. Here of uh, Sick and Wrong. This has been Mind Talk <laughs> with Sick and Wrong. With Sick and Wrong, yeah. Yes. Mind Talk. A quick recap of last week's show, episode 147. Uh, we did three listener stories. Listener one was the Bay Area Old Yeller story. Listener two was Hose in Malibu. Uh, listener three was Go Team Pedophile. Uh, listener three story, the Go Team Pedophile, uh, ended up coming in um, overwhelmingly. So at one episode 147. The English pedophile ring. Yeah, received more votes than either of the other two. So many more votes. So congratulations, Incredible. listener number three, for sending that in. Uh, you just won yourself a sick and wrong care package. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wacker and I present the most disturbing news items of the week here on the show. Audience votes. Winner gets a sick and wrong care package. You can send a listener submission to sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com. Submit them via Facebook or uh, submit them also via the sick and wrong forum. As you know, we've been uh, running ads for Audible.com for the past, what, month or so? Something like that? Longer than that. People, Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. Content from Audible is downloaded and played back on personal computers, CDs, or iPod players. Audible offers over 80,000 hours of audio programs from 270 content partners. You can listen whenever and wherever you want to, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. There are a thousand science and technology titles and over 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles. Go to audible.com today, audiblepodcast.com slash diddle, type that in, and uh, you get your free audiobook when you sign up for a free trial. Well, actually, let me kick off uh, episode 248 here with my first listener submission. So the first listener submission was sent in by Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne sent me a story via Facebook. You know, Dwayne, next time you send a story, email it to my Facebook. Don't just post it on my main page. I hate when people do that. The link or the whole story? They, they either post the whole story. This guy, uh, Dwayne, actually posted just the link. It gives it away to everybody. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like email it to me so you don't ruin the surprise. Although we allow people to do that on the, uh, the, the forum, forum the but forum. that's the inner sanctum. 
Yeah, well, those, those are the people that actually go above and beyond and become a member of the forum. So, uh, but this story was great, so I had to do it. So thanks, Dwayne, for sending it in. Man tried to force girlfriend at gunpoint to have abortion. This is classic wish fulfillment for so many guys. Mm. It's like when, when you go, it's like when you go beyond the point of reasoning with the girl. After she tells him she's begging late. with the girl. You know, begging her, please abort this kid. We can't afford the kid. We, we can't raise this kid. It's going to be born retarded. Look at me. I'm slightly retarded. I, I think I was a fetal alcohol syndrome. You don't want to have this kid. And We've she's had... still going to have the kid. <laughs> We've had this discussion before, right? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I've only been so far as I was supposed to have my period. And I didn't have it. And then a couple of days later, she's like, oh, yes, yeah, so I'm bleeding like a stuck pig. And then you're just like, thank you, Jesus, Muhammad, Allah, Buddha, whatever. I can't think of anything more frightening than that. I'd, I'd but rather, I've never had the actual. I'd rather like, be stuck in a Chilean mine. I've never had the actual, like, there's a fertilized zygote stage. You should be knocking on wood, Waggerly. There's no wood in here on the floor. Yeah. A Near East Side well, no, man. really, because I don't have sex with anybody, so it's fine. <laughs> Nowadays. <laughs> A near east side man, uh, this is east side of uh, Columbus, Ohio, uh, pointed a gun at a pregnant woman and forced her to a health care clinic this morning after she refused to go through with the abortion that they had agreed upon. Dominic Holt-Reed was arrested and charged with kidnapping and carrying a concealed weapon. Uh, police found him at, uh, in the morning in a parking lot behind the Founders Women Health Center in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. So Holt Reed and Yolanda Burgess, the woman he forced the clinic, they already have a child together. Yeah. He might be a white guy, but she's not. No. Uh, well, yeah. Well, Yolanda. There's no white Yolanda. No, but Dominic can go either way. Uh, but they do, not, they do not appear to share a home address. The, the state birth records show that they do have a child that's four years old. Burgess was in a vehicle with Holt Reed this morning after dropping their child off at school. Holt Reed became angry after Burgess refused to go through with an abortion that they had previously agreed upon and had already been scheduled for 9 a.m. Now, they both dropped the kid, their kid off at school? Yeah, so they took the four-year-old. That they, This is the kid that they already have. I mean, this might not be the low-income tale that I'm thinking it is. I mean... I don't think this is the Cosby show, Wackerly. No, it's not the Cosby show, but I don't. I also don't think it's like, you know... I don't Beverly, think these are the not, Obamas. It's not the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> either. No, but I... Which is I, a strange example because they were millionaires because they found oil, but... Well, uh, well, I, I think this is... I it's not Ma and ghetto couple, though. I, think I this don't is, know. I don't know if you're... I don't know if that's true. I mean, Columbus definitely has, you know, middle a middle class, and if they're both... Driving their kid to school together? Are you saying that uh, ghetto people can't own a car? They don't drop their kid off at school. That's what I'm saying. No, I think they go together because he wants to make sure she's getting an abortion. They don't even share a home address. That might be a fluke. All I'm saying is this might just be. I mean, the guy might have just flipped out. It might because because it's easy to think that in this type of story, like, oh, those, <laughs> you know, those low class people again. But maybe this is just a middle class guy who flipped out. That's what I'm saying. It gets more interesting if it's just a middle class guy who flipped out. No, you know, I would I would find the story a little more fascinating if that was. Am the I case. being super classist? I don't even. Ah, what am I trying to say? It's not like, you know, just the drag of society. Like, maybe this is like a respect. What are you saying it's just I don't, I don't say middle of society class. that have abortions? Middle. <laughs> no, I know that's not true. 
<laughs> middle class is the wrong word because I'm not talking about income. I'm talking about like respectable people who like are responsible. The, these might might have been normally responsible. So if people, you're saying this is like Rahm Emanuel's, than... <laughs> you know, and his wife, his kid, and he's driving her to the abortion oh, clinic. I'm I don't dig- think I'm digging myself happening. a hole. Like, this guy Chilean is 27 mine. years old. His girlfriend is, is named Yolanda. I think they're ghetto. There's a middle class woman somewhere named Yolanda. You know, she's like a receptionist in a hospital. You know, in a in a in a. Uh, there might be one an optometrist. But I think office. there's twenty that are um, waiting in the waiting room of this abortion. Well, I clinic. think you're prejudiced. That's what I think. <laughs> so anyway, they had previously agreed upon this abortion. That's why I kind of have sympathy for a Holt Reed. I mean, he's probably spent days. Like she, she took the pregnancy, the EPT test or whatever. It came back positive. He was like, damn, baby, we can't afford this this child. We can't, you know, let, let's, let's just abort and then, you know, do some family planning and plan for the next one. <laughs> That's exactly the conversation they had. No, but I bet you he was just like, you know, trying like, to convince I need her. to go to my job as CFO of <laughs> Columbus Steel, and I have no time for this child, woman. But I bet you he was using his best arguments to try to convince her not mm-hmm. to have the kid. The time is now, our 401k has been decimated by this downturn in the economy. Now is not the time to have a progeny. I like how this has morphed into Winston Churchill all of a sudden. (laughs) I don't want my pension to be affected (laughs) by this child. That's not my, that's my Thurston Howell voice. That's not Winston (laughs) Churchill. Lovey. He was way too old to have kids. He's shooting blanks. So anyway, she, she disagreed. And chose not to go through with having the uh, scheduled abortion. Got cold feet at the last time. Pulled out of it. And uh, That's Reed, what he should have done. Whole <laughs> Reed pulled a handgun. Yeah, he should have. He pulled the handgun from the glove compartment, pointed at her, and forced her to drive to the abortion clinic. Hmm. Uh, when they got to the abortion clinic, the woman passed a note to a clinic employee that basically said she's with somebody that's holding a gun to her back. And the employee was like, you mean metaphorically? Because we can give you counseling. <laughs> Literally. They called the police. You know, when does birth control get to this point? When you have to force the abortion with a gun. This isn't plan. This isn't the plan B pill. No. This is the plan uh... C. <laughs> you know, they're always, they're always trying to come up with female Viagra or, you know, the male pill, the male birth control pill. This is like the male... Abortion option. <laughs> I'm going to get an abortion. But how can you? You don't have a uterus. Well, I have a gun. <laughs> We're going to get an abortion. You know this guy? I mean, he had the gun in the glove compartment, so he must have been like, there's probably a 50-50 chance she's not going to go through with it. I'm gonna better, I better bring the gat with me. Anyway, I, you know, you'd think this guy would be better off just getting a vasectomy. Why not? Yeah. What? It's, I think it's a little more effective than forcing a girl at gunpoint to get an abortion. Yeah. Anyway, birth records that, um, yeah, he has a uh, three-year-old daughter with another woman, and uh, the reason he forced her to get an abortion is because, quote-unquote, I don't want no more babies. Mm -hmm. So um, I think Dominic Holt-Reed should invest in a vasectomy. Or just jerk off. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just jerk off. Don't have sex anymore. Or, you know, titty fuck. Yolanda. So on the sick and wrong star scale, Wackerly, I guess uh, she wasn't injured. And it turns out there's kind of a happy ending. She's going to have a kid. Well, there's a happy ending for her. The baby was injured. No, the baby wasn't even injured. 
Oh, they didn't have the abortion? No abortion. I wasn't actually listening there at the yeah. end. No abortion, no abortion even abortion. happened. So there's no abortion. Baby wasn't injured. The only person injured was, I would say, Dominic, because now Dominic's going to have to raise a yeah. third child. His paychecks for 18 years are going to be injured. And then that child is going to have to, when he's like old enough to comprehend that his father um, tried to force his mother at gunpoint to get an abortion, but she insisted on having him. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to realize that. and uh, He's going to read this article? It's going to be something, and he's going to probably listen to Shell. He's going to mm-hmm. something edible is going to happen. Do you think he'll ever see this article? I don't know. I have you ever have you ever gone to like the records department of your hometown library and like look try to look up your dad's name from like the, when you were conceived and see if there's any story like this? Because maybe there was. I wonder. Yeah. How <laughs> how would you feel if uh, you've loved your dad this many years and then finally you find out like you did what? Like, Honestly, you, you forced, yeah, would I you, wouldn't really care. I think I would be impressed. I mean, your dad. <laughs> I'd be different. You got some balls. You I'd be really do. I'd be like, you know what? Given uh, if that happened to me right now, and I was your age, or I am your age back then, I might have done the same thing. Yeah, you know, doesn't matter. Cigar star scale. I'm only gonna give this a uh, four star. I don't know. D- due to the only o- the only thing injured is what's his name? There's Thurston Moore's paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, I give it four. I don't know. I, Un- I think Un- also the Why, why does Yolanda want this kid so bad? Is she morally against abortion, or does she really want the child? You know, I bet they don't actually specify. Hard to I say. I wonder. I'm going to give it a three and a half, then. Because that, that matters. Why, why she's so gung-ho. All right, well, we'll take three and a half. What do you have here for episode 248? It's been a bad... Uh, I guess maybe half a year for headmasters, if you notice that. Headmasters, like principals? Well, you know, principals in the in England. Angleland. Yeah, we've done uh, several articles about uh, principals either being La- arrested for week. pedophilia. That just happened or, just last um, week. Or didn't one get beaten in a he restaurant? He was with his family eating Indian food, and some kid who he'd, you know administered corporal punishment to had came back when he was a huge like adult and beat the shit out of him in front of his family. I remember that one. Well, you got to accept that there's some risk involved with that position. I just, I feel like principles in, in the States are very touchy feely products of like the new age, you know, no child left behind. Well, I think maybe that's, uh, you know, just the whole, like every child is a snowflake. So they seem to be more. They're nice. nurturing. They're, they're nurturing. In the in the U.S., I picture these British headmasters just to be draconian and cruel, reactionary, reactionary with a with a stick that they will uh, the, the, administer the corporal punishment. I, I just yes. feel that they're much more cruel than the benevolent U.S. What's, principal. What's the Pink Floyd song where the headmaster's screaming in the background? The about, Wall, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Is the song The Wall, or is it off the album? It's the off the album The Wall. Yeah. It's it, uh, Everybody knows what I'm talking leave about. Leave those kids alone, that song. The pudding yeah, and the meat and all that yeah. nonsense. Well, here's another story about, about one of those guys getting what's coming to him, or not, depending on your perspective. Uh, neighbors dialed 999. Which is actually what you're supposed to dial when you're in the UK, if you have an emergency. The UK equivalent nine one one. Right. They they've act, so this just proves that they're smarter than us, right? Because it's an emergency. Just push the same button three times. Why do we we have to move our finger all the way across the keypad from the nine to the one? 
I guess that prevents you accidentally pushing it, you know, three times when you pass out drunk with your face on the on the yeah, phone. Yeah, I wonder who gets more um, prank calls or um, misdirected calls. England misdirected America prank. I yeah, America's probably prank. Yeah, because you do have you have people drinking a bunch of you know uh, what do they drink in England? Pims. Yeah, and then they come home and they eat they eat some uh, a pie and drunk then, on pims. They eat some bangers and mash. And next thing you know, they're nine nine nine. Or, or they just pass out with their face on the phone and it hits the nine three times. Three times. Yeah, and then the, the operator says, "What's your emergency?" And the guy's just like, Yep. Yeah. Okay, I got three words into the story. <laughs> we have to carry well, on, mate. The neighbors dialed that number. After hearing screams and growls from the Dighton family home in South Croydon, Surrey, on September 30th last year. This is one of those stories that's happened a while ago, but he's just going to trial. That's why I'm reading Surrey's it. part of London, right? It, I looked South it up on London the map thing. I looked it up on the internet map function, and uh, it's just south of London because everybody complains that we know nothing about geography. Police arrived to find... The boy, Dighton, who's actually 35, I don't know why I'm calling him a boy, Daniel Dighton, hiding in the attic, covered in blood, and smoking a cigarette, which, you know, you've pointed out is one of the beautiful things in life, are cigarettes. Yeah, I'm sure this kid savors that cigarette. Well, he had a reason to, because his parents' bodies were downstairs, which is what the jury heard this week. As he was led away from the the attic, he's said to have told the cops, the bobbies, it's just an argument that got out of hand. I don't normally lose my rag like that. I wish I could turn back time. I'm not doing the accent. You might have noticed. Crispin Aylett, Queen's Council, prosecuting. Sorry, I had to do the accent for that because it's such a weird name. Uh, he says this guy's a pathological liar. Um, he told a bunch of his friends that he was moving to Thailand and he had a new girlfriend and a new job there, but the job fell through. He ended up going to his parents' vacation house in Normandy for maybe a month or so. And, uh, then he came back covered in fake tan, which isn't it sunny in Normandy? Why can't you get a... Is this kid a chav? How old is this kid? He's 35. He doesn't look like a chav. He looks more like a Muppet. There's his picture. He looks like Mr. Bean. Sort of. A young, sexy, drunken Mr. Bean. With a fake tan. Yeah. But isn't it sunny in Normandy? I mean, that's why you have a vacation home there, right? It's on the beach. It's, it's been summer. Yeah, Normandy. No, I've seen Shaving Private Ryan. <laughs> and uh, that doesn't look too sunny to me. It looks really bloody and violent. Right, but that was like 40 years ago. 60 years <laughs> no, ago. No, but it's 70 a years ago. seaside uh, resort town, yeah. sort of. Yeah. yeah. I, I think this... I think this paper's a little bit reactionary, too, and getting down on this guy. But uh, anyways, he came back with the fake tan and told, you know, said, uh, said that he, he told his friends at this pub, The Folly, which is the name of it, that his mother had died suddenly. But this was before any of this shit happened, right? It was six weeks before uh, the event in question. Uh, and the, uh, the Queen's Council says, It was, in a sinister way, a chronicle of death foretold. God, I love the way that's they, like, I love yeah. the way they summarize uh, murder trials. Yeah, that's like murder Tolkien. Events. Yeah, it's that's great. Like Tolkin. Um, just in general, generally, this guy would spend all day lounging around the house, and in the evening, he'd go to this pub, The Folly, where he was well known as something of a personality, a face, and a teller of comic tales. Do you think that's commonly accepted for a 35-year-old to live with his parents? No, his parents were pissed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so in, in the UK, 
They, I wonder what, what the the average, the, the median age of uh, someone, uh, when you become an adult and you move out of your house in the UK. Is it 18? Oh, I think it used to be. But I, I, think, I think the UK and America are so tightly linked that it's just ridiculous for either one of our cultures to make fun of the other one. So well, I just think okay, it's like everybody's being infantilized. Here, at what age here do uh, you move out of your house? Like, well, what, it's, just, what it's the... slowly increasing every year. There's older and older people just never leave. You know, they go, to, they go to college and then they come back and just live with their parents because they can't get a job with their, you know, social sociology degree doing anything other than working at Starbucks. Do you think your parents would be opposed to? Uh... You moving back into the Wackerly household? No, my parents are the other way. They're very cl- like they would love it. They they would be soaked if you as a thirty five year old yeah, man moving it. back into your house. Yeah, no, I have the other type of parents. <laughs> I'm like constantly pushing them away, like the Heisman Trophy. Man, I couldn't even imagine. I think my dad would have been one of those people that would have moved and not told me the address that he moved to. So I'd have gone back to my childhood home, and it was. Do you just feel like empty they, when you went to college? Were they really like? forcing the issue like yes you need to go no but i mean they were obviously encouraging me what about and stephanie did they because she's she's the little girl do they try I think and keep that's her around the thing. i think uh with the girl they're more willing to keep yeah, it there see, oh, i don't have years. any sisters so my, my parents are all just they're they're very like okay so the let's other say, what's what's the other way like i'm let's always say you're just 45 clingy. and you want to move back in there would they be a little concerned about that or do you think they'd, they'd Yeah, okay, life? okay, okay. Let me let me revise my statement. My parents would love it if I like had the job and like the success and self sufficiency I had now, but just was like, Hey mom and dad, I'll live here and have dinner with you every night and you know, talk to you all the time. That's what they want. They don't want me living there doing nothing and sponging off them. So let's say you're playing video games, writing the refrigerator and uh drinking till you puke every night. That they would not like. I, 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 I was going to say, you have the coolest parents <laughs> in the world. Why? I I'm going to move into your house. I misunderstood your, your statement, <laughs> and I mis, misstated my parents' point of view. They want like super successful children who just spend all their time with them. They want the best of both worlds. Oh, okay. That's what they want. So they don't want just a reprobate. No, 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 no. And a boorish drunk living in their home. No, no, no. Right. Uh, the jury heard that the, uh, the night before the event... That this guy, what did I say his name was? Daniel Dighton. He spent the night before the killings drinking at the Folly, which he I guess he just hangs out this one bar all the time. I would get bored until closing time. Which, and bars close kind of early in London, right? Yeah, I think like, like at like ten p.m. Ten or early than that. But I guess some of them stay open because they went to Croydon, uh, where the bars stay open until eleven thirty. <laughs> they went to another bar with his friends, and then they went to a strip club, which sounds like a pretty good night. God, I can imagine. Right, English strip club. Tie one on, right? Uh, I think they have the low lighting there. Pardon me, governor. <laughs> would you like a lap dance? It's sexy. It's like Mary Poppins is like shoving her tits in your face. Yeah, Mary Poppins with like three teeth and a <laughs> breast. They, they figured out the low lighting strategy that we have in the United States. It's fine. Just very, very low, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not any di- this is what I'm saying. There's, there's no point in our, – our cultures are so similar. And we have so many of the same problems. There's no point in being like, oh, the strip clubs in the UK are horrible. No, no this is I, the imagine, same I, imagine they're, I imagine they're no different than uh, what they are in Arkansas. Same dirty yeah. whores that are here on Broadway. 
Um, but that's the type of night where you could really, you know, hurt yourself the next day. You're going to be in pain, right? Yeah. It sounds like a bender. Closing two bars, going to the strip club, you know, stumbling in. The following day, which I guess was probably a Saturday, his parents came home from a shopping trip around midday. Actually, I think they're retired, so maybe it wasn't a Saturday. But they went out shopping and they came back around lunchtime to find their layabout of a son. And this is a quote from the uh, prosecutor. Still in bed and hungover. Which, you know, he was out drinking the whole night before. What do you expect? Yeah, that makes sense to me. A quarrel broke out. A routine argument quickly got out of hand. So they were always arguing, but this one sort of like went off the rails. It's like, get a jobby job. (sighs) Yeah. The defendant armed himself with two knives, stabbing both his parents to death in an attack of terrible ferocity. Mr. Dighton, the headmaster, was stabbed four times while his wife received 20 stab wounds. I think this kid had some mommy issues. When you stab your dad dad four times and you stab your mom 20 times. Yeah, there's something going on there. Yeah, that's a hell of a She made him feel inadequate. Yeah, the neighbor heard heard, uh, the mom screaming, Barry, Barry, which I guess is the dad, and no, no, which I assume she was telling her son, and a male voice making a growling noise, which I assume was Daniel. And there was some banging, and everything fell silent. It's ferocious. If you heard that coming from your next door, would you call the cops? Would you hit 999? I'm not sure. I'd probably stick my head out the window and try to videotape it. Yeah, but it's next door, so you'd really have to crane your neck to get sort of look out your window into their window. Yeah, that's true. No cops, though. Nah, no, no. <laughs> Maybe if I heard, like, a help me. Yeah, Possibly. So, I'm not sure. So this trial's ongoing, and uh, they did say that Daniel Dighton tried to feign, or this is the, the prosecutor's alleging that uh, Dighton tried to feign mental illness, writing notes to a fictitious beloved about the murder. This guy doesn't have a girlfriend. Look this at his, guy probably hasn't been picture laid again. ever. Look at his picture. I know. He looks oh, like he's a had fat a, Mr. Bean. He's, had a, he's been laid. He's gotten a horror two in his life for 70 I, I could I could picture him taking a strumpet or two home from the from the folly. Not home. He lives with his parents. <laughs> He's getting a hand job in the alley behind the strip club. You know, he must have been an embarrassment though to the headmaster. It's like here's your son. Yeah, who the headmaster still lives on your couch. The headmaster goes to work and is trying to like beat some sense into the children. The boys. It's a boys' school and like. And trying to make them grow up on the straight and narrow. And then they're just like, yeah, but your kid's a loser. I see him at the folly every night. You know, but this must have been built up over, like, pent up aggression over years. Yeah, that's true. You know, and not that uh, he didn't deserve it. So on the sick and wrong he's, start. What, what is that called? Projecting. You know, it's, it's his fault that he's such a loser and he, and he, and he blames his parents. Yeah, he's, complain he's, about he's it. laying the blame on them. I would say on the sick and wrong star scale, um... The reason I'm going to give it a 4.5 is how violent he was towards his mother. Yeah. If he would have stabbed them both four times and killed them, I think I'd be like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to give it a four. It's kind of a run-of-the-mill, run-of-the-mill kid kills his parents story. But the fact that he stabbed his mother 20 times. Right. Five times more than he stabbed his dad. It's a hell of a hangover. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Two knives. Two. I'm going to give it 4.5. Well, haven't you ever been... You, obviously, you have been hungover and... It's just like everything's against you. And you know it can't be true. It's like because like I normally don't feel like this, but just, just today like everybody's pissing me off. No, it's the illusion of central position that you have. It's, I even there I read another article which I guess is related to the illusion of central position, but I think some researchers maybe even it was pretty sure it was in Europe, but maybe even in like the UK, Ireland or something. Uh they did like psychological tests on drunkards, and one thing that happens when you're drunk is you misperceive 
the actions of others as being intentional. That's so, why there's so many fights at the bar. Right. So when a dude legitimately accidentally bumps into you and spills a drop of beer on your shoe, if you're really drunk, you start to obsess that like really he did it on purpose and you know, he's making fun of of me with his friend saying like did you see that? Like, you know, I I pretended like I accidentally spilled beer on that guy. He's such a fucking dickhead that he didn't even do anything about it. And you just like it starts cycling around your head. Maybe that was something to do with this too. Yeah, I wonder. It's like, uh, get up and go get a job. <laughs> over and over again would probably make you lash out in a rage. But 20 stab wounds. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think you'd come to your senses before you got to 20. To me, it's a 4.5. I'd say 4.5. All right. Well, we got one more story here for episode 248. Uh, this was sent in by Christian. Christian's like, here's a great story from your home state. Uh, this is from Michigan. Dying girl, parents say a dying girl seven was taunted by their neighbors. Uh, Her family says seven-year-old Kathleen Edward is in the final stages of a degenerative brain disorder diagnosed as Huntington's disease. Uh, This is the same disease which killed her mother, Laura Edward, when she was only 24. You know, this probably would have been prevented had her husband taking her at gunpoint to the abortion clinic and this one happened. <laughs> I was going to say had, had a vasectomy, but... So neighbors here, Jennifer and Scott Petkoff, have been feuding with the, uh, the family here the next door. They admitted to posting grim depictions of Laura and Kathleen. Laura's the mother, Kathleen's the daughter. The dead on mother. Facebook. Yeah, and Laura's the, the dead daughter. mother and the sick daughter on Facebook. One photo depicts Laura, the mother... In the arms of the Grim Reaper. Getting a hug, I imagine. <laughs> While the other features Kathleen's face, Kathleen the daughter, as part of a skull and crossbone. Really? Very artistic neighbors that they have here. Right. I mean, it's nice that and they... And vindictive. Yeah, and definitely vindictive. Really just stomp all over the tra- tragic family, you know. Well, it's not like they're, they're showing pictures of this, this dying daughter, like, you know, sliding down a rainbow into gumdrop land. It's like instead it's... That, that'd be something like, you know, a normal person would do to try and cheer up the yeah, sickly neighbor. like kid. riding on the back of a unicorn or something. Right. What do the they clouds. call it? Make, make a wish foundation. Exactly. Now, this is my, like... My wish is to meet Michael Jackson. Well, let's what are come they, up with the, another wish. These sounds like the, the charter members of the Fuck You Foundation. Yeah. You know, it's just... Uh, it's an idea. Well, Nonprofit. Kind of a negative foundation. Uh, the couple also hitched a coffin to a pickup truck and parked in front of their house. <laughs> they say this is nothing more than just a mere Halloween decoration. Okay. But the fact of the matter is, it was July, and uh, the name Laura was etched into the wood. But yeah. that was just a coincidence. Halloween's in October. Yeah, so there are a few months that are premature. Uh, the big question is, why would someone do this? That is the, the $6 million question. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Petkoff here, the offending neighbor, says it's because it burns Rebecca Rose's ass raw. Um, please tell <laughs> Who's Ron, Rebecca Rose? Rebecca Rose the is... The uh, stepmom? Rebecca Rose is part of the family. I think she's the... It's Okay, she is uh, the sister of the mother who died. Oh. And uh, uh, apparently... There's been a long-standing feud between the Roses and the Petkoffs. Like the Hatfields and McCoys? Kind of. You know, it's interesting, Wacker. You live in a home now. Yes. Have you ever decided or thought about having a feud with one of your neighbors? No. 
They're all really old, but they're also like ex-military. They would kick my ass. Well, what you know, my thing is okay. I'd love to have a feud. You know, it's been a while since I've had one. Really? You'd I'm not even it? sure if I really. What What do you feud Did over? Did you enjoy living next to the uh, the chopper guy? Was that fun? He was a dick, but it was a feud. It made life interesting. I mean, I live next to that. Right, crackhead but interesting now. and shitty, or interesting and fun. I mean. Having, know, having I think it's a, a give and take. Having an ill-advised relationship with some skank, that's kind of can make life interesting and fun for a little while. But having I, a few, I, I it's just a pain in the ass. one attitude towards it. Like, like the crackhead. Yeah, you I just, hate the crackhead. I feel like you're just trying to be a hard ass, though. I don't know. I think feuds actually... suck, especially when they're associated with your home. Because you're just like, oh, I just want to go home and jerk off, and i got to confront this guy because he's standing outside. I don't know. I, I think a feud might make your life interesting. No. Am I? I think. I think, might... I think you're being a tough guy. I don't know, Wackerly. How many times have you had a feud with your neighbor? The remember the landlord guy who lived upstairs, or actually he was like the landlord's kid, but he oh, pretended the, he was yeah, a landlord. Yeah, yeah that was. Did that you was have a, a long-standing feud though with yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, and exactly what I'm saying. It was like, shit, I want to go get in smokes, but like I don't want to have a confrontation. And the dude's standing there, so you got to like sneak out the back. It's, it's a pain in the so ass. So for a, a non-confrontational person, a feud is probably something you don't want. But this is what I'm saying. Since when are you com- Mr. Confrontation? I don't know. I, I kind of like Didn't you try and passively, like... aggressively get back at Chopper through some, like, Craigslist postings? That's, okay, not, con- I, that's not confrontational. I might have written a screed <laughs> on his door. But at least that well, screed, I wouldn't have written a screed if it was like, if he's coming over and giving me an apple pie. Did you sign your name? To the screed? Yeah. I think I, I used a pseudonym. <laughs> So, so get off your fucking, get off your Chuck Norris, Antonio Banderas. Uh, what's the guy? What's the All guy? I'm the sheriff show? is a family feud is different than just a personal. <laughs> I didn't say feud. I didn't want to go on Family Feud. I'm saying that's it's a fine. Family, I'm thinking it, this is more of a Richard family Dawson, feud. Richard Dawson, he'll kiss me on the lips. <laughs> but you always wonder what's the origin of the feud, and the origin of the uh, feud here between the Petkoffs and the Roses. They say the bad blood started about two years ago after the two families had a falling out over a birthday party at the Rose House. Apparently at the party, kids were using a bouncy house. I love the bouncy house. A bouncy castle. It's way better than the, the ball thing, the ball pool. Uh, Jennifer Petkoff, the neighbor here, texted someone in the Rose family asking if her kids could come over to the event and uh, bounce around the bouncy castle. A response to the text did not come quickly enough. It angered Jennifer, and ever since then, the feud began. <laughs> you know, if there's anything to have a feud over, I think a bouncy castle is what you should feud over. Well, if you're not going to fight for your children, who, who is going to fight for them? That's what I say. But it seriously is, they are mining, no pun intended, the depths of depravity by, uh, by, by skewering the daughter. <laughs> the revenge is a little outsized. You know, it's like, you're, okay, well, first of all, I think it's a bit misplaced. It's like the text came a few minutes late. You know, I, I don't think that's a big, big deal. Is this one of your ex-girlfriends? Yeah, I'm surprised it isn't. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's like, don't you think the rage... I 20 times. Don't you think the rage is a bit misdirected here? Yeah, but... Why not egg the house? Be uh, sugar in the gas tank. True, true. But if you're going to hit somebody, you know, you got to hit them hard. Hit okay, put counts. a picture of the dying daughter's face on uh, some skull and crossbones. No half pants. measures. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, it, it's not. It's just a bouncy house. Man. It's harsh. R- rent your own. It's like 20 bucks for the weekend, right? Yeah, but maybe in Trent, Michigan. 
They're hard to Times are by. tough. Times are the tough. The auto business is coming up, getting out of town. Recession hit that state hard. Going to China. Bouncy castles are expensive. I'm going to give this a 4.75 because the poor girl's dying of degenerative disease. She's in the late stages. She doesn't need to see a skull and crossbones with her face on it. I think anybody who's trolling somebody else anonymously on the internet <laughs> needs to step up their game. Because these people are trolling in full view of, of the whole town. The people who live right across the street from them. And the kid has, is dying. Well, they did Facebook, but they also uh, parked a coffin in the back of their car. Yeah, but they did Facebook with their real accounts and their real names. Is what I'm I think saying. it's hilarious that uh, the husband and wife are like, yeah, let's both just get together and fuck with this dying seven-year-old. Sound like a good idea? Yep. Sound like a good idea. God, it's making me want to up my score to a five. Why am I giving people in Michigan that southern accent? It's because I'm prejudiced. Yeah, I'm sure they have a mullet. <sighs> yep, all right. What did I, I got to give a score? Yeah. 4.5. 4. All right. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. People, go vote. Sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 248. Well, actually, we are uh, you know, towards the end of the show here. We've got a few phone calls to Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is that number. Before we get to the first phone call here for this week, what, what, you're pulling out your slide wheels, are you about to do a little phone call song I'm just thinking about it. <laughs> is there a phone call theme music you came up with? Maybe there on is. On the uh, slide whistle? Well, now you ruined it, so I hope the fans are happy. No whistle this week. Ooh, God, you're a harsh one. <laughs> anyway, before we get to the uh, first phone call here, the Sick and Wrong Hotline, how about a quick word for our from our second sponsor, AdamandEve.com. Spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. Well, we got a couple phone calls here to the Sick and Wrong Hotline. 206-666-3846 is the number. Well, let's play call number one. Hey, Lance and D. Hey, it's Scott in Iowa. Um, I driving in traffic, and I thought I'd give you a call. Boy, I had a wild summer. Um, anyways, I was thinking about some shit that I did over the summer, and Dude, have we heard from him in a while? It seems like it's been a while since we've heard from Scott from Iowa. No, we heard some of the calls from the wild summer. Remember when he was at the, the Mexican place? Oh, the that was the summer, there? yeah. Didn't he, he just break up with his lady, though? That's probably why it's been so wild. He got a divorce, actually. Okay, so he got a divorce. So he, he legally broke time. split from his woman. Yeah, he called another time from his house. He was having a giant party. Which I'm sure there were a lot of Iowan sluts there. Yeah, it sounds like it's been a pretty insane summer there for Scott. And now he's sort of, what do you call it, um, decompressing, getting back in a normal life to become a normal person again. He had his, he had his 
you know, last or what would you last know? hurrah? I guess I wouldn't say if it's his last hurrah. It's not like he's you know, I actually about don't to think, die. I don't think Scott will ever be normal. I think he's he's getting he's pupating into his normal stage because now he's probably like, all right, I need to find like a, a normal woman again and get my life back to normality, or I, maybe I, not. I like your use of the term pupating. <laughs> it almost sounds like Prius. All right, let's, uh... that's what a butterfly does. Right? Caterpillar. <laughs> he was in his like raging caterpillar stage, and now he's got to become a responsible butterfly. That doesn't sound right. The butterfly stage is when you're raging and being cra- a crazy party. Yeah, when animal. you're a caterpillar, you it's like a reverse pupation. Yeah. I'm going to become a boring caterpillar again. Regardless, Scott from Iowa is returning to normalcy. <laughs> He's got to hunker down for the winter. Exactly. He's got to have you know somebody to keep him warm through this cold Iowa well, winter that, night. That's kind of the Midwestern lifestyle. It's like yeah. during the summer, yeah, go crazy, go to the bars, the outside patios, river roar, whatever, and hook up with like all the whores. But during the winter, you're not going out as much. You're it's trapped fucking indoors. dark at it's like 4 cold, p.m. It's dark. You just want that one chick to hibernate with. Right. Which is kind of why it's a little scary when you're from the Midwest and you move to the West Coast. Because then you're just, it's like, it's warm all the time. Party! Well, that's when you develop addictions. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Yep. No, because I wasn't a drunk at all when I lived in Michigan. <laughs> all right, let's hear from Scott. I had this party. And um, my a friend of mine uh, was there, and uh, one of the girls at the party liked him. So told her all about my friend. His name's Tony. And, um, you know, told her that, uh, you know, that they're kind of some unusual fetishes, but, uh, you know, go ahead and, you know, get to know him and stuff. So she starts dating him, right? So then she calls me, like, a few days later and wants to know what his fetishes are, you know, she's like, what, is he in the feet or what? So. In the feet. <laughs> that is something a girl would say. Ooh, he has a weird fetish. Does he like feet? It's like, like I would have said he fucking had a weird fetish because he was into feet. Oh, yeah, he's really into feet. I'll clue you in. Yeah, Wink. but you know what's funny? It's like, seriously, woman, that's like the least of your concerns. And the yeah. whole like hierarchy of fetishes, that's pretty much towards the bottom. If I had a guy friend who was like, I gotta, I gotta confess something, man. I have a weird sexual thing. I like women's feet. I'd be like, get the fuck out of here and shut up. I would be like, who cares? Yeah. I don't mind feet either. But if he was like, I like to drink the contents of my used condom. Right. Or I, I like a woman like, to shove her entire foot up my butthole. Yeah. I would, <laughs> I would be like, all right, now that's a little weird, dude. Just go sit over there because I'm going to sit over here. Yeah. A couple of bar stools between us. Yeah. Sit on, that's, my, that's my loose butthole chair. <laughs> my all, all my friends have loose buttholes sit over there. But feet, yeah. At least you're concerned. No. She's not, he's not into feet, lady. I put it off because I wanted her to really beg me. So, um, the next time I saw her, I, I, uh, I saw her again over at a friend of mine's house. She was really bugging me about what this Tony guy's fetishes are. So, I told her that he likes it when girls stand above him and just piss all over his face. Just, you know, stand up in the bed and just piss all over him. So, four days later, I get a call from my friend Tony and he is really pissed and when I told him what a joke it was he just started laughing his ass off anyways I hope that was under three minutes but so my friend got his face all pissed on because of me I thought that was pretty good I'll see you bye <laughs> you know I want to suspend my disbelief and, and, and buy into this story because I find it hilarious yeah and it's instructive too. I mean would you be mad 
You know, I wouldn't be that mad unless he told unless he told her that um, he's really into diarrhea. That like, would be a had bad. he been like, you know, he's really into diarrhea. Just eat a bunch of Taco Bell, stand on top of him, and just let it go. Yeah. And are we are we hooking up for the first time in my bed or her bed? Yeah, I guess that would have made a difference. Like, if it's her bed and she wants to piss on my face, I mean, I'm not going to, it's not going to turn me on, but I'm also going to be like, well, we're going to fuck later, right? Okay, piss away. I don't give a shit. Yeah, no, there's a lot of things I'm willing to do if I'm going to have sex. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, urine I don't think would bother me that much. <laughs> so, but... should, should we even talk about why maybe this is a little implausible? I don't think so. I don't know. I, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to Scott. And, uh, Scott, we expect some more stories from your wild summer. This chick's a freak, though. Yeah, a definitely. A friend of the dude tells her that the dude likes to get pissed on, and she just lets it rip without saying anything. That's a keeper. I want to go to Iowa and have Scott hook me up with some of these freaky girls. Yeah, I wonder, if what, I wonder what she looks like. What do we have here for call number two? Hey there, Wacker and Mr. Simon. My name is Greg, or you can call me Greg from Michigan, I don't really give a fuck. And I have a story for you of how I broke my penis. Uh Uh-oh. And yes. We talked about this before, right? Yeah, we had um, a mutual friend of the show that was on that broke his penis. It was completely broken. So I went to a party maybe two months ago, and there was booze there, of course. And a lot of, like, whores and just sluts in general. So I decided, hey, why not use this to my advantage? So I get a couple of beers in me and start drinking a little bit of, like, Sky Vodka. By the way, don't drink Sky Vodka if it tastes like shit. I love Sky Vodka. Actually, you don't find, I, I like Sky Vodka better than fine. Smirnoff. Well, yeah, Smirnoff's bad. No, Smirnoff, I think, is decent vodka, but I'd rather, I would rather, if I had the choice, I'd drink Sky. I'd like Finlandia, Sky... Those are on par. Stolich, Stolich Naya. Those are my. Those are my. Yeah, sort no, Stol- I think Stolich is better than the other yeah, two. It's about the same price. They're maybe like a couple bucks cheaper, but. I don't know. If I had my choice, I'd rather drink Stolich. That's my. That's. I think that's like my preferred well, vodka. It's a couple dollar premium, but. But yeah, but Sky's not bad. No, it's fine. Mm. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, so I meet this like one whore. Her name was Stephanie. Whore's name, by the way. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I like how he's referring to her as the whore. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, come with me. So we go on the patio. We started talking. Long story short, we go into like a sort of like lounge area. She reaches in my pants and gives me a hand job. Wait, okay, Wackerly, are they at a party? Mm-hmm. So is when he says whore, is she an actual prostitute? No, this is. <sighs> The kids today, they're, they're so imprecise with their terminology. Earlier in the call, he said he went to a party, and there are lots of whores and sluts there. And he... Uh, okay, well, we said the difference between whore and slut last week. Did we? Yeah, we were talking about uh, difference yeah, between Yeah, so it's the slut. same thing. If this girl is giving you a handjob, she's not a whore. She's a slut. She's a slut. <laughs> so he hooked up with a slut. But the way he's saying whore, I was like, okay, he paid her to take him away to some lounge area. No, I think he's saying it's just a woman of loose morals that I have very low respect for. Slut. Yeah. I also think this kid's maybe like 18, 16, something like that. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, going to a party and having a couple beers, that just seems like a, a 
seventeen or eighteen year old description of events. Well, it sounds like to me that this would be a wonderful Sky Vodka commercial. <laughs> Let's hear the end. Just a busting nut. But little did I know, she had the grip of a professional arm wrestler, and it would be rude to stop her. So I took one for the team and just jizzed everywhere, especially on her hand and a little bit on her face. So. After I came back to my house, after that, I took a piss. My dick was like normal. I went to bed. The next morning when I woke up, I felt fine. I went to take a piss. My dick is completely crooked. Jesus. I realized this because I was pissing on my wall. <laughs> yeah. It's like Dr. Seuss dick. <laughs> it's a curly cue. Yeah. Like, a, you know, like look at a normal tree in real life and then a Dr. Seuss tree. That's what his dick looked like. I wonder if he had like a name like a Wallapazoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna try and make up a rhyme, but somebody should write one in. Yeah, a Dr. Seuss rhyme about a bent dick. That's your assignment. Yeah, on my wall. That's how crooked it was. Like maybe 45 degrees. So, so I'm like, whoa, what's wrong with this? So I like to assess the situation. I looked at porn to get a hard to see like how bad the damage is. <laughs> After being hard for like 30 minutes, it still was crooked, like a good 30, 45 degree angle crooked. <laughs> the angle did decrease, you notice though. It started out at 45 when he was and soft. Then, he got it hard and got some pressure in there and it went down to like 30 to 40. How freaked out would you be about that? Very. Yeah, I wonder, okay. Why didn't he just tell the girl to ease up on the grip? You know, I, I'm wondering who was he, giving him a hand job here. She, Hulk Hogan. Well, he said she was like an arm wrestler. What's uh, what's uh, his name in Over the Top? <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, or not Arnold? Uh, Stallone. Stallone, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But why would you be getting a hand job? Why? Well, first of all, why would you be doing anything sexual with a female arm wrestler? Yeah. Well, he said she was like a female arm, arm wrestler. So she but had like is, a really a, ripped right arm. This is the other reason I think maybe this is a younger guy because he doesn't know that sex is about communication. You know, you can communicate <laughs> your wants and needs and feelings about what's going you know, on. Just be like, bitch. <laughs> to release the death grip, you're gonna pop the head off. I would be kind of pissed if all I got was a hand job. I'd, I would love a hand job right now, not from you, but no. But I'm just saying, it's like if I'm making out with a chick, hooking up, whether we go off to some secluded area, and all she does is like, here, I'm just gonna give you a hand job. I would take I would it, love but it. I would be upset. I'd be like, I want a little bit more. Oh man, you're like <laughs> Caligula over there. This is not enough. I'm English, but I'm also a Roman emperor. <laughs> this is an outrage. <laughs> so what, what happened here to Bent Dick? <laughs> like, I blew a blood vessel. So I went on WebMD, and it turns out I either had cancer, a broken, like, muscle tissue, or just a broken blood vessel. I went to see my Thanks, WebMD, for that precise diagnosis. I guess I'll go to the hospital now. WebMD should just, the, the first screen should just be like, just go to the hospital. Yeah, You're not going to exactly. fucking fix yourself on it's the like, internet. If you're searching here to find out what's your malady, just go see a doctor. That's all it should be like. You type in WebMD and just go see a doctor. Especially if it's associated with your genitals, which I have to believe is like 99% of the queries on WebMD. Yeah, I think it has to do with a red bump on your genital. Genitals and butthole. Yeah, definitely. 
The shit that people don't want to go to the doctor for because it's embarrassing. See my, like, doctor. He said, don't worry, it's just broken blood vessel. It's going to clear up in a couple of days, just don't jack off. But then again, where doctors used to work. Well, if I continue jacking off, and turn out to be normal within two days. So moral of the story, don't get handouts from professional arm wrestlers, and masturbation speeds up the recovery process for anything. Right, this has been Greg from Michigan, and remember, no handouts from professional arm wrestlers. You know, Greg from Michigan, I hate to break it to you now that you've suffered this trauma and all that, but the woman just gave you a hand job. And she's a professional arm wrestler. And she had an iron vice-like grip. I think she might have been a transsexual. Or just a dude. Or a dude. Straight up. Because, you know, I've heard I've heard a lot of people say that they've... Uh, I've actually even talked to transvestites who have done this. They've hooked up with straight guys, but said they were on the period. Mm-hmm. So they'll let them play with their tits or whatever and just give them a hand job or a blow job. But they'll never get down there. So the guy would never know that they were hooking up with the tranny. Isn't that the whole point of, like, A, M, Butterfly, the musical, and B, the crying game? Exactly. I think it's the same thing. But I think this dude was so drunk that he had no idea that he was actually hooking up with, you know, a dude named Joanne. I I think next time, um, guy from Michigan here should, I don't know, look for an Adam's apple, maybe a a strong, like, uh, um, defined jawbone. Big hands. Those are telltale signs of a tranny. You're looking for Ann Coulter? <laughs> That's what you're probably getting a hand job from Ann Coulter. That's what happens. She'll rip your dick off. She probably will. She's also really tall and thin. Yeah, but I bet you she, I mean, seriously, she just, she's, she's a ball, like a, she's a ball breaker, that one. She's like an ent from the Lord of the Rings. I, I bet you Obama, I bet you Obama won't get a hand job from that one. I bet you he would. <laughs> no, you're probably right. No, he would just go straight for the anal. <laughs> Tear that shit up. So the third call here is uh, part of our segment, My Two Cents, with Dean Lance. I don't know if it's... It's a it's, lovely segment. It's been a couple weeks since we've done it, so uh, how about the uh, theme music, My Two Cents, here? My Two Cents, with Dean Lance. All right, Wacker, let's play the My Two Cents call. Hey, boys, my name is Leon. I'm and I am a junior in college, and I actually need some advice. I just got out of, like, my first long-term relationship. It was two years. First piece of advice, breathe. <laughs> Jesus, wall of sound. Yeah, I know. I swear to God, she just said that, that whole statement in one breath. Sometimes I regret that I didn't get laid in college enough, but this is pretty much why. Because who can take that? you, you got to drink a lot to take that. Just Or earplugs, maybe, would be even cheaper years was horrible. So now this year when I'm back at college, I've kind of been a whore. Like, let's just be real. I've kind of been slutty. So the thing is, I've narrowed it down to two guys I've been hooking up with, like on alternate nights. I'm like, do I have to tell the one about the other? Like, or can I just go on pretending the other one doesn't exist? I like how the dudes are probably being like, I'm getting laid like every other night. This is sweet, dude. I just got out of high school where things sucked. I never got any ass. And now I'm in college and I get laid like every other night, man. Like, Three or four nights a week. But Beyond the Chick's getting it every night because she's alternating. Yeah, but you know, for a du- the dude, it's probably just like, this is sweet. Maybe, this is maybe he's got thing. another piece that he's filling in the offense. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's got another piece where it's just like, I'll hang out with my dudes this one night, and the next night I'll get laid. 
Right. So he's filling in the non-getting ass nights with hanging out with his bros. And the but fact- the chick's getting it every night, and she's probably getting drunk too. But the fact that uh, she's getting it from two different guys means that the dude's not doesn't have to be an exclusive relationship. So yeah, he can get another piece of ass on the side, but he also probably doesn't have to do the boyfriend girlfriend bullshit that you'd have to deal with in a relationship. You know, the guest to take her out to dinner on on his on nights. There's no Olive Garden for this guy. There's no buying <laughs> flowers and chocolate. I bet you this dude just has to buy condoms and. 12 pack of Bud Light. So, how's this chick getting dinner? She's eating in the dorms? She's yeah. a ju- so, she's a junior. She doesn't live in the dorms. All right, maybe, maybe they're taking her. One, out for I, bet a you, I bet you one of the dudes, the one with the smaller penis, is taking her out to dinner. And the guy with the big cock doesn't have to do shit. That's like a freshman or a sophomore. Well, girls in college, I mean, they do gain the, the freshman 15 or whatever. They get a little chunkier, but like they don't eat the whole Olive Garden meal. So, so she gets taken out on the Tuesday night to Olive Garden. She gets the to-go box, fucks the small dick dude with the money. Next day. The next slice day. Slice of pizza from the uh, sophomore. Or, or the she, eats the left, she eats the leftovers. But seriously, the kids, one meal lasts her two nights, and then she's got two different dicks on alternating nights. But you know, though, b- about this girl, though, the type of girl that she is, I'm sure <laughs> she was rather reticent when she was in high school. She probably maybe had sex with one dude. Well, yeah, she's living, she's living with her parents under the watchful eye. Exactly. Now, now she's free. And so and that's easy. why guys in college, you should take advantage of these opportunities because they come around, but not as uh, as uh, prevalent. As they are in college. Because you get a lot of girls that are just like, I can totally be a whore now because I'm out of the watchful eye of my parents. Even if you're the dude who has to buy Olive Garden every other night, it's still a goddamn good deal. No, this is amazing. It's not like you're taking her to... This is a blessing. It's not like you're taking her to Post Trio or the French Laundry or some shit. I mean, come on. The bottomless bowl of pasta for nine bucks or whatever. Totally worth it for the ass. The cheapest, cleanest whore you'll ever find. Exactly. I love the show, and uh, I really need your opinion. And um, I, you know, I couldn't even understand what she was saying there. Was she was saying she's, that she's, she's trying to keep it under three minutes because okay. she really wants the answer. She was speaking quickly, but yeah. was she saying should she tell the two guys, the short dick guy and the long dick guy, <laughs> they whether might, yeah, yeah. whether or not that she's hooking up with both of them? Is that is that her question here? Is that the two cents question? I, it got a little garbled for me. I'm not sure. I think. Neither of the dudes knows, but she she did say that she hasn't told either of them that that they're exclusive, and maybe she's trying to stave off that conversation. Like at some point, one of the dudes is going to want it to get serious. I think. Here's my two. Cents and so, what do you on say that. when the one dude says, "Hey, well, will you, will you be my girlfriend and wear my class pin or ring or whatever the shit we have?" I don't know. Well, until the point that they become exclusive. I don't think she needs to say anything. Here's my two cents. She can just be like, whatever, you're the only guy I love, whatever. Doesn't have to say anything until... No, you can't say that. No, but or the only guy I'm hooking up with. It doesn't even matter. Until they say... No, no, I don't think you can say... That implies exclusivity. I just think you leave it unsaid. Okay, I would leave it unsaid until the issue arises. Once, Once the issue arises where they're like, 
the guy's bringing it up or she's bringing it up. Maybe she has stronger feelings for the guy. And she's saying, I want to be in an exclusive relationship with you. Then, yeah, then you should cut it off with the other guy. But I think right now, she could have 20 different partners. <laughs> There's that's no limit big, to that's partners a big that you can have. Well, especially if you're a girl. If you're a dude, you can only fuck maybe like two girls a day at most. But you would fuck 20 different partners if you're a dude. Yeah, but you can't. No, it, it probably is you not think, going to happen. You think the girl's going to wait 10 days for you to call her again while you go through the rotation? Yeah, maybe you have the stamina of Ron Jeremy. But, the, but not stamina of interest. <laughs> Are you interested in fucking more than two girls a day? I mean, because you, you can't just fuck them. In. You got to like hang out and do something. Yeah, I don't think I'd take be able him to, to do a movie. <laughs> I don't and think then I'd you be take able that one home, and then you take the other one roller skating, and then what do you do the next day? Just the same thing with the different girls. Like, see the same movie. There aren't that many movies. Yeah, no, I couldn't hang out with that many girls. How many times can you see the Social Network in one? I week? think any more than two. I think would be taxing. Yeah, I even think two would be taxing. I kind of think one is taxing. But enough. at the same time, I don't think she is, is uh, obligated to say anything about the other guy that she's hooking up with until they become exclusive. And even then, she doesn't have to say anything. She just has to cut it off with one of them. That's, that, was my, that was my follow-up question. When the guy says, we wanna, I want to be exclusive, does she say, and you, you just answered it, but I'm going to still state my question. Does she say, you know what, I do like you, and, I, and I've been fucking this other guy, but I'm going to cut it off with him because I feel, I feel like we work together really well. No, I, th- I that, think... Because if I'm the dude, I might be like, what? I, think I, it, thought, I thought you were like this pure as the driven snow chick. Oh, well, I'm not into you anymore, so fuck off. And, and all of a sudden he realizes, well, you're a craven whore. I'm going to go get an STD check. But no, I think what, I think what ha- would happen there is it's better left unsaid, but then she would have to cut it off with that guy. Because... If she really likes that dude and he found out that she had been fucking some other dude this whole time, mm-hmm. it would be dumb for me. Yeah, that's true. I know. But you know what, though? There's no reason for you to feel like a whore. I think that that's no. what college is for. No, you're not college a whore. Is, college is there to release the inner whore amongst what, young, you think- 20, young, like late teens, early 20-year-old women. Yeah. I don't know. There, there is some weird thing about exclusivity in America. I it's think very, so too. People get really hung up on it, and monogamy too. You know, I'm, I question to see if I question if it really ever works. I think it does work. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just question think if it ever works. Th- I think in America they like there's no wiggle room, right? Like even at, at the beginning stages, which there should be. I think long term probably monogamy is the way to go. I mean, what are, are you a Mormon? What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm <laughs> just saying. I think. Um, I think eventually maybe you should get to the point where it's just like, yeah, you can hook up with chicks and or or dudes or whatever. Occasionally, just don't let me know about it or tell me, and it's I don't want to see it. I think I would in be in more of an open relationship. I don't know. I, I question whether monogamy ever really truly works. I don't think as a species we're meant to be monogamous. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my opinion. I'm glad this is being recorded. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You know what? I'd like the listeners to weigh in on that. Yeah. Have you ever been in monogamous relationships lasted longer than 10 years? Yeah, maybe some of the... Well, some of our listeners 10 years ago were 10 years old. So can, I mean, can I'll you really hear from some of the older people. Let's hear from some of the older people. We'll That's see. But my two cents, you're not a whore. And I wouldn't say anything until you're exclusive. People, call the Sigurong Hotline, 206 666 Three eight four six. We always do love to hear from you. Um, Wackerly, we got to get out of here. It's it's towards the end of the show, and um, 
I think we're already going on too long. Uh, people, if you haven't already, make sure you join up for the Sick and Wrong Forum, the brand new and improved Sick and Wrong Forum. It's not brand new. It's new and improved, though. It's new and improved. It's only a few months old. Yeah. But you know what? Membership's been rising. There's been a lot of great posts. And I would say the new form is definitely on par with the old form in terms of disgusting shit that you'll never be able to unsee. Uh-huh. Um, but one of my favorite new postings, which I'm going to actually use as the video of the week, is uh, was posted by a guy named Third Eye and I. It was in the Wackerly section. It says, who wants to marry Wackerly contest? And it's a video of like a 40 ounce, it's like a 40 ounce drinking contest among some ghetto trash and like, <laughs> it's like Atlanta 40 or something. Ounce and fried chicken. And fried chicken contest. Yeah. Like, so three um, girls competing in a 40 ounce chicken eating contest. And you know what? Really? 40 ounce drinking and fried drinking chicken and eating. And fried chicken eating contest. It's not a 40 but, ounce chicken. But you know what? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. But you know what, though? Um, I don't think I've ever seen a video that single handedly reinforces. Every negative stereotype that you've ever had of a of a certain race, you know, a certain race. <laughs> black, I was just black dis- culture. I was just disappointed, being like, "That's a question I'd like to know the answer to. Who would wants to? Who does want to marry Wackerly?" And then and it turns out to it. be a big joke post, a joke title. <laughs> Motherfucker! Did you really think someone went out and made a YouTube video of girls competing to marry? Well, I didn't you? know it was a YouTube video. I thought it was legitimate posting. Oh, like someone made a, a quiz, poll, like a, a poll, poll, like a poll. You know, which girls want to marry Wackerly? I especially do. He's fantastic. What are you saying? I don't because he's too amazing and I don't want to be, you know, that close to the sun. Are you saying that you wouldn't be sexually attracted to a large black woman woman who could down a, a 40 ounce of Mickey's in did you 30 watch seconds? The, did you watch and, the video? No, I'm just saying, but in general. <laughs> did you watch the video? I did watch it. They're not large. The one was kind of large at puke. One of the them end. was a little. I, I, didn't, I didn't see. I didn't watch it till the puke. It's but really she long. puked. Yeah, she like it was like eight minutes long. They're but I watched large, the whole they're thing. Just, they're just trash. They're low class. Anyway, it was a brilliant. It's posting. not. It's not a. It's not a cross section of the African American population. It's it's the it's equivalent. There's white people like this too. That uh, it's like the people who revel in their ignorance, and just that you know they hate anybody who who. Proclaims to be sort of educated. I think or they're cultured. proud of it. I think they're proud of it. It's it's the black tea party, okay? <laughs> and I really do think that's the way you're going to find a wife eventually. So uh, thank <laughs> you, third fried, chi- <laughs> fried chicken eating competition. Great. And forty, forty right. ounce. I, I love fried chicken to tell you the truth, and, and I waffles. embrace it. <laughs> thank you, third eye and I for posting that, and that's going to be the sick and wrong video of the week. Um, thank you, everybody out there, for subscribing to the show via iTunes uh, and uh, leaving us. Such high ratings. You know, we've been steadily in like the top, I would say top tier of comedy podcasts. Maybe this top 100. Yeah. So there you go. Support the indie podcast. Go to iTunes, leave us five-star rating, and subscribe to the show. Also, we have plenty of Sick and Wrong teas available at the Sick and Wrong store. Just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on store, and buy some of our fine Sick and Wrong apparel. Um, the Sick and Wrong song of the week. Uh, was sent in by Monique. Uh, she sent a song which I had never heard before uh, called Bohemian Slide. Mm. She says, I submit this for the end of the show song. Slide Whistle is totally the new cowbell, even though the dude cheats with the kazoo in the middle there. So there's a, a, a video of like kind of a hipster-looking guy playing the slide whistle doing Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Wackily, are you were you offended by this video or were you awed by the video? No, I, I wouldn't say either. I mean, it, it's a, just a different realm. It, you know, it's a high. It's like comparing, you know, Nina Simone to like uh, Kanye West, <laughs> Kanye West, <laughs> uh, Mariah Carey. You know, she, Mariah Carey goes into the studio. They put tons of effects on her voice, and it's very it's it's multiple to sound perfect. It's not even auto tune because Mariah Carey can sing, but it's it's like layered upon layer of different audio tracks. It's very engineered, Quincy Jones type of thing. Uh, and that's what this guy did because he re-recorded himself playing different parts with the slide whistle, used the computer and multiple tracks, had GarageBand and yeah. iMovie to like you know splice it all together. Where I'm like Bob Dylan. Just standing in front of the microphone with my fucking whistle, man. Wackerly's uh, like the salt of the earth. That was Fiddler on the Roof, by the way. No, you really are. You're like Woody Guthrie. I'm like, you know, I'm like Bob Dylan. When Bob Dylan sang, he didn't have the most in tune or in the right key voice. (laughs) It was raw. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm the I'm the Woody Guthrie of the slide whistle. Except I, think, I hate communists. I think you are. So yeah. we're gonna end the show though here with uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody done via slide whistle. Thank you, Monique, for sending that in. Uh, people will be back next week with episode uh, 249. You know we're quickly approaching the episode 250 here. It's kind of a landmark episode. Two more uh, episodes. Then yeah, there. I kind of want to do something special. It's almost like going to be a Halloween. Halloween podcast. So. I think, um, you know what, we're going to have to pull together and uh, do something special. Are we going to have a guest? Perhaps there's going to be a guest. Perhaps there's going to be prizes. Do you know Perhaps, have any scary guests we could bring up? Maybe. Perhaps there might be a monkey. I don't want a monkey in here. I think that might actually spice up the show. <laughs> it would really spice it up, but I don't want to be in here with a monkey. I'm scared yeah, of monkeys. Could you imagine just like, let's see if we can do a whole podcast with a wild monkey in the room throwing its feces, trying to bite off your ear. Yeah, remember that chimpanzee that bit that chick's face off, and now her whole face looks like a giant butthole? I just think our podcast lacks the element of danger. What was that thing? What was the primate that's in Any Which Way But Loose? An orangutan? Yeah, that was an orangutan. That would be cool. That orangutan kicked ass. Clyde, I think his name was. I'll see what I can do, people. There will be some surprises for episode 250. He can only use Rollo if he needs to fuck somebody up. If I don't flush him down the toilet. <laughs> so we'll be back next week with episode 249. Until then, take it sleazy. Good night.
Mamma mia thing about my fucking manages, so I, therefore I don't even care. We're talking about vaginal secretions. I don't care. There's not one vaginal secretion I'm scared of. And if you like it, well, then you can just lick it because you're sick and running and you like to eat the fucking stains out. Here, I got Dr. Willer on the phone. Holy shit. I just got out of the Mediterranean. I was on the ship, you know, women really like their cucumbers, so I didn't get fresh cucumber buds. When he was talking, well, yeah, he's right, you know. There's nothing better than a good penicillin shot in the ass. 